Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to Wellness and Wonderlust. I am so honored to have you here on this journey with me. And if you're new to the podcast, I'm so glad you found us. Wellness and Wonderlust is all about creating happier and healthier lives for ourselves and the world around us. And so I know you are going to really love today's episode. This week, I had the opportunity to chat with Lauren Davis, the manager of the service dog program at Southeastern Guide Dogs. Now, if you're an animal lover like me, I know that you're really going to enjoy this one. This nonprofit organization provides skilled service dogs to veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder and other disabilities. I had tears in my eyes watching some of the videos on their website and learning about the incredible things that Southeastern Guide Dogs has done for those who have served our country. Now, June 27th was National PTSD Awareness Day, and actually June was PTSD Awareness Month, so the timing for this episode couldn't be much better than this. Now, according to the VA, There are more than 8 million people in the United States alone who have PTSD. PTSD can come from all different forms of trauma, whether you're a veteran or a civilian, and I think it's an important topic for us to be covering here. I was amazed to learn about how these service dogs can really give those people who have PTSD just newfound hope in their lives. In this conversation, Lauren shares what the service dog program is all about and why it is so important for the veterans who participate in it. We learn about the difference between guide dogs, service dogs, and emotional support dogs. I'll admit that I did not know the difference prior to this conversation. What the training process is like how service dogs can change lives, and so much more. What's really amazing too is that Southeastern Guide Dogs does all of this at no cost to the veterans. It is such an inspiring organization, and I can't wait for you to hear more from Lauren. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's conversation. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining us at Wellness and Wanderlust today. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm so excited to have you. I am a huge dog lover and I love what your organization is all about. So before we really dive in, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and how you first came to Southeastern Guide Dogs? Definitely. So um, I've always been a dog lover. So I've always helped friends and family members train their dogs, you know, just basic obedience in their homes. And then my passion for animals grew as I got older. Um, I have a bachelor's in psychology, but I ended up going towards zookeeping. So I was a zookeeper for about nine years. And my dad is a Navy veteran, and I've always been very interested in helping veterans, especially those who have mental disabilities. So I decided I wanted to move closer to my mom. My mom lives here in Florida, and she was actually the one that said that Southeastern Guide Dogs might be hiring. So um, it all just kind of, the, the stars aligned for me. I, I applied, and I fit right into um, what my two passions are, which is helping people and training animals. That is incredible. I'd love to know a little bit more about Southeastern Guide Dogs as well and what you all do there. Sure. So Southeastern Guide Dogs is based in Palmetto, Florida. We were started in the 1980s, and we train assistance dogs for several different varieties. So the main one we work with is guide dogs, hence our name. So that's the largest part of our company. We're a nonprofit. And then I work with the service dog section. So I do service dogs for veterans with PTSD or mild mobility problems. We do emotional support animals. 
facility therapy dogs, and then gold star family dogs. I think that's so cool. And I grew up, we had a close family friend who is blind. And so seeing firsthand what the guide dogs can do. And as I got older, seeing what other types of service dogs and emotional support dogs can do, I really think it's just absolutely amazing and gives me even more of a love for animals. Then I'd love to know for listeners who may not know the difference, tell me a little bit about what differentiates a guide dog versus a service dog and how service dogs differ from emotional support dogs. Definitely. So guide dogs are for those that are visually impaired. So they are trained specific tasks to help somebody that has limited visibility navigate throughout the world. So they'll show them where curbs are, where the sidewalk ends, help them find doors or chairs. So they're, they're trained for different tasks specifically for um, helping visibility or helping somebody who's visibly impaired. For service dogs, our service dogs are specifically trained to help mitigate PTSD. So we do a lot of behaviors that help the veterans feel more comfortable in their environment. So a lot of deep pressure therapy or supportive behaviors. So dogs leaning against their handler. Uh, we do a behavior that's called hug. So if the veteran is sitting, the dog lays across their lap and kind of grounds them. As their bond grows, our dogs tend to really pick up on cortisol levels and they end up having their own little alerts to tell their person, hey, you're a little anxious. We should probably address the situation. Um, but they're trained tasks that give them access rights through the American Disability Act. So they are allowed public access rights, just like guide dogs are. And then emotional support dogs are dogs that we train with all of the same tasks that our service dogs have. So they have all of the PTSD mitigation training, but they're usually dogs that aren't comfortable in public, don't have the confidence to be able to work as smoothly in public, or they might go to a veteran who isn't ready to have a dog in public. PTSD is a very invisible disability. It's, you know, people can't see that you have a disability. And then when you have a service dog beside you, suddenly you now have a spotlight on you. So we do have some veterans that need the support, but aren't quite ready to have a dog in public yet. So it's a little bit like training wheels in order to get them to feel comfortable and to want to have the dog out in public with them. That makes a lot of sense. And I'd be curious to know a little bit more too about, you know, I see even with my very untrained animals at home, um, just how much, how much support a dog can provide. I'd love to know a little bit more about how exactly these service dogs can help veterans with PTSD, because I've seen some of the videos and I think it's just absolutely incredible. Right. So some of the things that our veterans share with us is, I mean, there's a brotherhood that goes along with being in the military. And when you go back to civilian life, you kind of lose that support system that you've really had for however many years you've been in the military. You feel alone quite a bit, like nobody can relate to you or you feel like a burden to your family. You know, you start to self-isolate and you might get depressed and all of these symptoms that come along with PTSD. So service dogs really help our veterans to give them a purpose. We tell our guys, you know, or women to men and women, your dog is going to help you get up in the morning. So if you're having a hard day, sorry, you still got to let your dog out and, and feed them. And then when you're up, maybe go for a walk around the walk. And that gets everybody moving and gets their thought process going, gets them out of bed, which is usually, you know, a big first step, especially for those that have depression as part of their PTSD. And then for a lot of our veterans, it's social anxiety and anxiety with crowds and loud noises and things that we see as normal environments, grocery stores, 
um, targets, Walmart, those types of things are very difficult for them. So having a buddy, a service dog, stand or sit beside them, walk beside them in life that's, you know, happy-go-lucky, excited to be where they're at and is confident and comfortable in that environment really helps them look down at the dog and say, okay, you're comfortable and you're fine. So, you know, I'm fine. So together, we're both a really good team and, and I can do this. I can go places where I felt like I was uncomfortable before because I now have a buddy that supports me. That's the biggest support that we see with our veterans. I think that's amazing. And I've seen so much of how the veterans are really benefiting from this, just from some of the videos you've shared online. And I um, I had tears in my eyes watching a few of those. But you know, hearing some of the stories of some of the veterans who are going maybe even to some of their children's school functions for the first time and having that confidence, having the dog there. So I think that's really incredible. It is life-changing. I mean, it's, it's my favorite part of my job. So we just had class on campus. So class is about 12 days for veterans. They come and stay on campus to bond with their dog and learn how to work with their dog. And during that time, we get to know them a little bit better, but we also get to see what their hopes and aspirations are. And sometimes we might have somebody that's not gone to a mall in about 10 years to buy their own cologne. They've always given somebody money to go and do it for them. And one of the places that we go during class is the mall. And we practice that and I did, I had a veteran for that went to the mall and bought his own cologne for the first time in 10 years. And that was just so wild to see that because he had this sweet, goofy little Labrador beside him, he felt like he could take that on, something that really made him very uncomfortable. Um, and I had a guy just in this last class that had some heart arrhythmia issues and his dog alerted to some health issues that were going on before the veteran even knew what was happening. You know, they, it just gives them a bit of a a safety umbrella to feel more comfortable where they're at. I think that's so incredible and just, just so inspiring to see people being able to do things that maybe they took for granted in their everyday life before that are a lot more difficult now with PTSD. I think that really is life-changing. Absolutely. I'd love to know more about that training process and how, um, how everyone bonds with their dogs, how that works. Yeah, so our entire training process takes about two years. I mean, the puppies start training from day two. We start to socialize them and expose them to different things. Um, they go to puppy raisers till they're about 14 to 16 months old, and then they come to me for what we consider college, so learning their, their skills for whatever, whatever profession they choose, guide dog, service dog, whatever it may be. All of our training is positive reinforcement or clicker training, so it's all treat-based and helping the dog stay successful. We don't use any corrections. We don't use any negative reinforcement or positive punishment. Those are all training terms. But we try and make sure that the dog is confident and comfortable and excited to do their job and enthusiastic and they want to work. That's my biggest goal. So the training process, we start really slow. I mean, we start with the basics. Basic obedience is huge for us. We have a lot of veterans that have mobility issues. so They can't have a two-year-old Labrador that's pulls really hard, you know, it could really injure Mm -hmm. them. So we work really hard on having strong obedience. And then from there, we grow their confidence in different environments. We start in calmer places. So we'll go to Target right as it opens when nobody's in there. And then we work all the way up to places like Costco, which are really busy and kind of overwhelming sometimes. We start slow, we move at the dog's level of comfort so that we don't overwhelm them in any way and that they're always set up for success. And then they go through several different phases of training where we do little tests here and there to figure out what level they're at, what are their strengths and weaknesses, 
And then there's a whole matching process where we try and figure out what type of veteran does this dog need? Like how much support do they need? Do they need a really busy life? Do they need a really easy, you know, low key type life? And then I look through my applicants that are waiting for dogs and I try my best to match everybody that way. That's awesome. And I saw a little bit more about the volunteer puppy raisers as well. I I remember in college, there was a dorm on campus where students were allowed to raise puppies if they were raising them to be guide dogs. I'd love to know more about what that is like for possible volunteers, especially those listening who might be interested in possibly raising a puppy and giving back in that way. Yes. Puppy raisers are our foundation of everything that we do. I mean, they are the true superheroes of our whole situation. I mean, like, it's mind blowing to me. These people will take a brand new puppy. So eight weeks old, take a puppy home and they teach them the basics. They give them good health manners. They potty train them. They give them some of the basic obedience. They expose them to all kinds of things in the world. They can take the puppies with them out uh, when they go shopping. And they, they really start the training process right as soon as they get the puppy. And then the most selfless act is that they give the puppy back to us to give to somebody else. And, you know, one of the things that we give anybody that graduates from Southeastern is they get the option to have contact with the puppy raiser or they get the option to not have contact with the puppy raiser. It's, it's really up to them. So when these puppy raisers hand off their teenager dog to us when they're going mm-hmm. to college, sometimes they don't know if they'll be able to see them again. And it's really a magical selfless act. They We could not do what we do without them. So if anybody is interested in raising puppies for us, go to our website, guidedogs.org. We always need more puppy raisers. And that is such a selfless and giving act. It's, it's mind blowing to me all the time. I can't even imagine after, you know, a year of raising a puppy, but having to say goodbye and maybe not seeing them again. But at the same time, you're knowing that what you've been doing all this time is going to help someone who really needs it. Definitely. And, you know, for, for us trainers, if, if we can, we try and help the puppy raisers know, hey, your dog is doing fantastic in training, or if their person, their veteran, for in my case, is willing to have contact with them, then they'll get to see little pictures here and there as the dog goes throughout their life or get to hear great stories about, you know, I never went to my son's football games, but now because I have this dog, I feel like I can go. And, and those life-changing moments, they get to share in those, which I feel is, is so powerful. That's absolutely incredible. What would you say are some of your favorite stories with some of the service dogs and how they've changed lives? A lot of it is people that come to us that didn't feel like they could do what we consider normal everyday things. I had a guy who could not go into Target for whatever reason, the store Target was a trigger for him. And so that's one of the places that we go during class. And I was like, you know, my goal for you is to just walk in that door and walk back out. If that's all you can do, I'm proud of you. And by the end of it, he did a loop through the store because he had his dog and his dog was there supporting him the entire time. And he you know, it was hard for him. It was definitely a stressful situation, but he pushed himself and he had, he felt he had the confidence in order to do that. So just those, those baby steps of approximating themselves back into public life and being more comfortable in what, again, what we consider to be normal situations. Those are the big life changers for me. Somebody who you know, going to their son or their daughter's baseball game again, going to the gym again. The gym is a loud and it can be overwhelming place. But when you have your dog sitting beside you, you, you feel like you have more security. So then you're starting to get more physically fit and healthy again. It's just 
little steps that start to snowball to make our veterans suddenly feel like they could take on the world again. And that that is so amazing to watch for me. That's absolutely incredible. And I do think being around animals, I truly think that helps your overall mental health. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, I cannot imagine. I have three dogs of my own. I cannot imagine not having one in my life. I mean, I've got, they're all sitting beside me right now and it's just, it's such a comfort level thing. And they just bring such calming. And there's a lot of studies that talks about how it lowers your blood pressure when you pet a dog. And there's several studies going out right now that talk about how eye contact from a dog is very similar to human eye contact and how it elicits bonding hormones within us. So, you know, that in and of itself is extremely powerful. That's amazing. I always suspected that, but knowing, you know, that there's some science behind it too. I don't have any dogs personally, but my family has three and I've been taking a lot of advantage during the pandemic of going and staying with my parents just to kind of work from home from a different home and having especially the Cavalier King Charles who is blind and deaf, but he finds his way into my room. We'll sit there and he just wants to be leaning up against you and, you know, just wants to know that you're there and just seeing him, I feel like my heart rate goes down. I feel calmer. I just, you know, I feel better having him there. And I think it's so amazing. The more that we're starting to see service dogs and emotional support dogs, I um, work a lot with the school districts and seeing that some of the local schools are now starting to have emotional support dogs for the students and the colleges having therapy dogs around, especially around finals time. And, you know, I really think it makes such a huge difference for so many of us. It really does. I mean, even if you're not diagnosed with something as life-changing or debilitating as PTSD or any Mm -hmm. other anxiety disorder, I mean, just having a dog to spend time with and go play ball with or go walk around the neighborhood with, you know, it helps you decompress naturally. And it's really, um, it's a much healthier option than some of our other disassociation techniques that we have like Facebook and Instagram and all of those. Absolutely. And Southeastern Guide Dogs, um, you primarily work with labs? We do. So we have mostly labs and then we do some lab golden retriever mixes. We call them gold adores and they can be a varying amount of golden within them. But uh, we found that we were most successful with Labradors. And why is that? Um, I think they're the right amount of sweet and cuddly, but also stable and willing to work, wanting a job. That is something that we're really looking for when we're looking for a strong working dog is is somebody that that says, yeah, I can take this on. That's fine. Other dog breeds that we've tried, so Southeastern has tried um, Vishlas, Australian Shepherds, I think German Shepherds a little while, Golden Retrievers, of course. We've had varying degrees of success with those, but the the Labradors, especially the ones that we breed, because we do breed our own dogs, So we breed specifically for the type of work that we need are most successful for the purpose. That makes sense. My 100-year-old cousin had a lab guide dog and just absolutely loved him. And growing up, you always saw the German Shepherds. And so it's been interesting to see some of the other breeds coming in. And I love them all. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's hard to pick a favorite. But for us, especially with positive reinforcement and the way that we use treats and their food in order to help motivate them to do their job, Labradors have a high drive for food. That's very helpful. Absolutely. So you offer the service dogs, guide dogs, emotional support, but you also offer the gold star family dogs. I'd love to know more about what what a gold star family dog is and, you know, how they help a family. 
Definitely. So our gold star family dogs go to families who have lost somebody in action in the military. Um, and these are dogs that we have trained. So they have all of the strong obedience skills that, that we put on all of our other service dogs. They just don't have the PTSD mitigation skills, but they're a really well-trained family pet that we feel is strong enough to to work through the mental burden that can go along with grieving or they might support the family in healing and, and give the kids, especially if there are children, something to be more joyful about and have something to look forward to. So it's really just, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny way to give back to a family that lost something huge in their life. But it's a really well-trained family pet that we feel could help the family heal a little bit better. I think that's so incredible. Having having that dog to help you heal, I think that has to have such a major impact. For those listening, how can someone, if you know a veteran or are a veteran tuning in, how can they get in touch to potentially apply for a dog? Definitely. So go to our website, which is www.guidedogs.org and apply. I mean, the the process isn't that difficult. And I swear I'm a really nice person. (laughs) And I just want to help you. Um, So if you're if you want to apply, just start the process or reach out to us. I mean, that's if you have any questions, our alumni support program is is fantastic. If you want to support Southeastern Guide Dogs on our website are several different ways that you can donate money if you'd like to do that for whatever amount you feel is appropriate. We have a fun program where you can spend $19 a month to sponsor a puppy through all of their training. You can spend $5,000 and name a puppy on your own. There's all kinds of different ways you can support us financially, but just spreading the word about us is huge. Or if you want a puppy raise, like that is the most, most you could ever give us because when you raise a little puppy, you're raising a superhero. That's amazing. And if I'm understanding correctly, you all provide these dogs for free to these veterans and their families. We do. So we are a nonprofit. So um, we're pretty rare in that. There's a lot of veteran organizations that it's about $20,000 or more in order to get a service dog. For us, by the time our dogs are done with training, with all of the breeding that goes along, the medical screening that goes along, the training, the puppy raiser times, our dogs are about $60,000 worth of labor, but we give them 100% free and we have no expectations from our veterans to give us anything other than um, a thumbs up that they're doing good. That's what I hope for. (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely amazing. I would love to know, I think what your organization is doing is just so incredible. What would you say is the most rewarding part of your job? Um, for me, it's the matching process. So when I'm going through, you know, if I've got six dogs that are ready to go to class, and then I go through all of my applicants that are ready for a service dog, I get to choose um, with the help of my team who we feel like would fit best with who. And then once we get the dog and the veteran matched up, it's really magical to watch their bond grow. And day one, both of them are like little baby birds, not sure how to fly. And then by the end of it, I'm like, man, they can take on the world. So watching that transformation over just 12 days is, it's awe-inspiring every single time. I can only imagine. I just, again, as I, as I mentioned, when I was watching the videos and seeing how everyone has bonded with their dogs, it, it truly brought tears to my eyes to see that. And I think what you all are doing is just so inspiring. It is. I mean, we always say that the bond is a 50-50 thing. So the dog is is ready in there and, and the veteran has to be ready in there. And I think that is 
the most brave thing for any of these veterans that come to class for a service dog is putting themselves out there to say, okay, I'm ready to put another tool in my toolbox to heal. I want to do more. I want to grow more. That is so brave. And I think it really needs to be recognized. Absolutely. Well, I would love to switch gears and ask you a few of our rapid fire questions for our listeners to get to know you a little more. Sure. Go for it. Awesome. What would you say as wellness and wanderlust would be your top wellness tip? Go outside and get some sun. Yes, absolutely. Sun is good for the soul. Yes. What is your favorite travel destination? Um, I don't know if I have a destination, but I always tend to go for like cabins in the woods. So a setting is probably more like me. Love that. If you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? I would be an opossum because they're adorable and they are great for the environment. They have pockets because they're a marsupial and they can't get rabies. I love opossums. They are such great animals and I think they're so underrated and I haven't gotten that answer before either. <laughs> As a zookeeper, I got to give you something odd. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I I think that they are so cool and uh, yeah, they really do help our environment. They get all the pests too. Exactly. Yeah. And I think so many people are afraid of them, but I think it is the misconception with the rabies though. Mm -hmm. It really is. Now, if you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? I'd really like to learn how to garden and garden well. I I can do succulents because you ignore them and they live. So I'd like to get better about caring for plants and gardening. Do you have a specific plant that you'd want to grow? Um, For me right now, I'd really like to start my own like small little vegetable garden and just try and get some grow something that I can eat. I think that would be a huge accomplishment. There is something so rewarding in that too. I am like you, I grow my succulents. My other plants are not doing amazing. Um, (laughs) My parents have a mango tree that finally got fruit this year and it's just so cool to see it like finally, you know, taking shape. And I think to have something that you could actually eat, there really is something rewarding to it. And it's an easier way, I think, to get kids to eat some fruits and vegetables too, is if they have a hand in growing it as well. Yes, yeah, so true. And what would you say is next for you on your bucket list? Um, you know, I'd really like to go maybe travel to Alaska or somewhere up north. I really want to see the northern lights, the Aurora Borealis. That's that's on my bucket list. Love that. I definitely would love to do that as well. Um, I do have a bonus question for you as um as the manager of the service dog program. What are your top training tips for those of us with pets? Oh. Yeah. Um, my top training tip is to recognize the good. And if you don't like what your dog is doing, give them something else to do. Oh, okay. How do you mean? So we'll tell our veterans, if your dog is poking at you or, you know, trying to get attention in some way, and you're just like, you know, hey, I'm working, I can't right now, tell them what to do instead. So tell them to go lay down on their place, or um, here's a bone, chew on this instead. So Keep your dog successful. Tell them what to do in order to make you happy. I love that. I'm going to use that on my parents' German Shepherd probably after this call. It really helps them. They just want to make you happy. And if you say, this will make me happy, they go, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing more about Southeastern Guide Dogs and more about what you do. Again, I think what your organization is doing is just absolutely incredible and inspiring. Can you tell our listeners where they can connect with you and learn more about what you all do? 
Yes. So other than our website, guidedogs.org, you can find us on Facebook, Southeastern Guide Dogs. We're on Instagram. We have two different pages. One is the main Southeastern Guide Dogs one. And then there is SEG, I think it's SE Guide Dog Trainers is um, just the trainer Facebook page. So we're on social media. You just got to look out for us. Wonderful. I will be sure to link all of that in the show notes, along with some of the links on your website to apply and to learn more about volunteering as well. And again, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing with us. My pleasure. Thank you so much for spotlighting us. It means a lot and um, it goes a long way. So thank you for that. I was so inspired by this conversation with Lauren and loved hearing about how these service dogs transform the lives of their veterans. PTSD can make it so difficult for people to do the things that used to feel normal for them. So it was amazing to hear about how these veterans can now go to busy locations, attend their children's school functions, and do other things that maybe weren't comfortable for them before. Now, if you want to see more of what Southeastern Guide Dogs is up to and some of their work in action, I've linked to some of their videos in the show notes along with their website and social media in case you'd like to get involved with the organization. They're truly incredible, and I encourage you, if you have a veteran in your life who would benefit, reach out to them, connect them with this episode, and let them know that this resource is out there for them. If you enjoyed today's conversation, one of the best ways that you can lend your support to this show is to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you're tuning in from. I would like to thank each and every one of you for being a part of the Wellness and Wanderlust community, and as always, if you have a topic that you would like us to explore on this podcast, feel free to email me at valerie at wellnessandwanderlust.net or DM me on Instagram at wellnessandwanderlustblog. Hit that subscribe button to keep up with new episodes and share this episode with a friend. Have a great day and I will see you next week.